Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, the running beast, Sean Collins, came on. Sean's running two Backyard Ultras, representing New Zealand, and also running in New Zealand's first ever Backyard Ultra in 2019, which he was also the event director at. Sean's also running at the Masters next week at Dead Cow Gully. Okay, um, g'day Sean, how are you going? Yeah, hi, how are you going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's good to put a face to the uh, to the many hours of listening I've had from you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Sean, uh, how long have you been running for? Uh, oh, I've always run, pretty much. Um, during school and that, I was always a bit of a run. And then, uh, uh, sort of late in school, I took up orienteering and did that at a international or national and international level. And then um, sort of gave that up when I did a, a, the usual OE um, and then came back and started getting into the longer stuff, like adventure running and, and then eventually um, ultra running. Yeah. Um, do you remember, um, so when you, before you got into ultra running and stuff, did you used to, like, <coughs> were you a fast runner? Like, did you do 10K? Uh, yeah, recently fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, I always you know, whenever I'm talking to speak road speeds to road runners, yeah. um, tell them that when I was uh, in my late teens, I did a thirty-one and a half ten k, without really track without training for a road like um that was just doing my orienteering training. So, um yeah, when I when I want to be, I can be fast. What? So you re- that you did actually do thirty-one minutes over ten k's. Yeah, yeah, wow. thirty-one that, and a half. That's really fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that for a while. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, marathon? Like, did you ever like try and run a fast marathon? No, I. Um, the most I did was a half, um, and I've yeah, I've never really, but I never really enjoyed going long on the road yeah um my body isn't made for it um i'm not a tall skinny dude and yeah just the pounding in my legs um after doing that half which i just i just sort of did at a fun pace um but yeah i promised myself after that that i'd never do anything that long on the road again <laughs> <laughs> and um and, and then i ran a, and then i ran around auckland which is mainly road yeah, yeah, I, just, I, I saw the video of that on YouTube. That's a that's a cool video. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun it was a fun adventure. Yeah, I liked how you um, shared the experience with other runners who wanted to run with you. Yeah, that was a big part of it, um, and kind of getting them to show me their their patch. Um, I was trying to on on that mission that was to circumnavigate Auckland, but. I wanted to do as much sort of side trails and like the hidden little spots as I could as I made my way around. Um, and so that was the idea of getting people along was that, you know, we have a good catch up and, um, and they'd show me a, a good route through their patch of Auckland. Yeah, yeah. And I got the feeling as well watching that video that having people waiting for you to run with you later on kind of like gave you a bit of a drive to keep going as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was cool each time you sort of met someone and you'd catch up and then settle into the silent running <laughs> next to each other that you do and then say goodbye and wait, and wait for the next one. But it started getting a bit um, a bit ridiculous and my wife, who was sort of um, keeping an eye on the time and that made a rule that I couldn't stop while I was doing that process because yeah. I was just losing so much time. <laughs> I was taking so much time to, you know, get say hello to them and then say goodbye to them and be stopped at that time so yeah my my non-running time was building and building so there was a rule that she passed to the the main support runners that i wasn't allowed to stop and talk i had to walk and talk (laughs) (laughs) um and do you remember sean when you first heard about backyard ultras uh yeah i i'd followed along um via tweets i think um for a couple of them and then uh, it was the 2018 one when um, Courtney um, sort of burst onto doing the backyard, which was the one where I said, well, we need one of these. Um, that just got a heap of um, attention and got a lot more coverage. So, you know, following along was a lot easier. And I remember um, following along and driving out to an event that we were organising and said, you know, sort of um, ring up a mate and said, we need to put one of these on. Yeah. And so that was that was sort of why I, yeah, um, brought it to New Zealand in 2019. was our first one. And I brought it because I wanted to do one because <laughs> I just loved the concept. So um, I organised it and then um, sort of on race day, passed it off to my wife and, uh, and a couple of friends um, to run it on the like for the actual event, um, and then I was meant to just participate, but it, <laughs> it worked out a bit of a shambles. It's very hard to do. Um, I'd come back from doing a loop and go up, race up to the say, oh, we need some more markers here, or this needs changing. So yeah, it was very hard to turn off, and and I, all of the sort of adrenaline of organising, you know, the first one and this this new format for New Zealand. Um, sort of when you're out there running so you have that adrenaline dump where it's all over and it's just happening um yeah so it was a bad experiment (laughs) i don't think you can organize and run at the same time you still did well though didn't you like um you did 27 hours didn't you (laughs) yeah that's right um 27 laps and then (laughs) i um popped uh, achilles Mm. um going up the one the one big hill yeah and but um, it was a cool experience and me and a couple of the others talk about it often how um, being the first one, like it was a total unknown um, backyard's such a sort of a strategy thing and on your first one you make heaps of mistakes um, even if you don't make mistakes you learn a lot so you come back on the second one and you know what's happening um, and so that sort of pioneering one was it was pretty cool, we were just running around and around and sort of not really thinking about what we were doing yeah. <laughs> And, and it ended up being a, like a famous five for um, uh, quite a, a bit, <laughs> excuse me, quite a um, number of laps. There was the five of us just going round and round um, without anybody dropping off. And then it, in typical backyard style, it, it just exploded. <laughs> yeah. And it was all over in like three laps. <laughs> Did um, So how long have you, had you been like race directing for before that first backyard ultra? Uh, I've been organising races. <laughs> All right, 
I've been organizing races for uh must be 25 years or something oh, wow. um, yeah. to varying degrees yeah um so uh navigational type events so adventure races and road games um schools orienteering and, and then trail runs and um ultra runs um mm-hmm. so it's quite a, a wide variety of events yeah yeah did you um with this and how many people participated in the first backyard ultra it was at Riverhead, wasn't it, the first one? Yeah, that's right. Um, and there must have been about 50, um, I think. Um, and, yeah, it was very much unknown. So uh, it, was, it was interesting to try and explain what it was. <laughs> yeah. um, and so of that 50, like most of them probably would have seen something, seen coverage of Bigs. Um, and then um, me trying to explain it to everybody and it sort of picked up from there. Um, and then each year it's sort of gotten bigger and bigger and, and then we've had other ones pop up in New Zealand. And um, yeah, now it's quite a healthy, each one that happens, you sort of get the people coming back and then a whole new crew um, of runners that have seen us and and want to give it a go. They're, they're puzzled by it. <laughs> I actually, um, I heard that you actually, the Riverhead course is inspired by the Biggs course. You tried to kind of like make it as similar to Biggs as you could. Yeah, um, I mean, we all know that there's sort of no rules for what a backyard should look like. Mm. Um, But I figured that it was meant to be similar to Biggs as far as the technicality and the the climb and the vert. Um, I didn't think we needed a night loop, um, so we just kept it the same course for day and night. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's um, Katie Wright who who won it the first year, um, and then went to Bigs um, uh, the next year. Um, she said it's reasonably similar in technicality um, between the two. Um, but yeah, without the without the night loop, it's a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. Because that night loop is to keep going. Yeah, because that's the whole uh, idea behind the night loop at Biggs, isn't it? Just to get more laps in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's easier. It's a bit of a rest for the the body and the mind. Yeah. Um, and it's also that change. You've got that change to look forward to. Yeah. Um, we had to change our venue from Riverhead this year. Um, at sort of, well, three weeks out, <laughs> um, four weeks out. Um, and so the course was uh, even tougher than, than our Riverhead course as far as vert and, and technicality. So I introduced a, an out and back night loop on uh, Gravel Road. Right. Um, and yeah, people were looking forward to the change, um, not so much the, the terrain, I guess. <laughs> I... Um... Because I mean, I've obviously seen photos and the video on YouTube. It looks like a, it looked like pretty tough conditions, very humid and muddy and 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 just tough. Yeah, the um the humidity and heat sort of came from nowhere. We weren't really expecting it. Um, and as um you know, around the event centre, we weren't really feeling hot or. <laughs> Um, hot and bothered, um, but yeah, it was sad to see the runners come back and they were all, you know, it was like it's probably the highest shirtless ratio of any backyard, <laughs> um, which is pretty weird for April in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, just 
the nature of the forest it's like a pine like a plantation forest and it sort of traps the heat so um with a bit of humidity yeah they were cooking out there yeah and you did mention how and then, and then oh sorry yeah continue sorry then we had a then we had a bit of rain um sort of uh in the afternoon of the first day um so, so it turned pretty muddy and that sort of bumped up the humidity a bit as well yeah sure yeah yeah definitely looked muddy i saw in some of the footage on the um on the doco that was made about like um Sam Harvey would come back and he would be getting a, a full wipe. His legs would get fully wiped down because they were so covered in mud. Yeah, and I, I noticed that um, uh, in the Suffolk one that just happened in the weekend too, mm. that quite a few of the runners were getting, and I, I've never really um, thought about or tweaked why it would feel nice to have clean legs instead of having muddy legs. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if, if that helps them, then it's... It gives the crew something to do as well. <laughs> yeah. And and you mentioned that they're getting um, pretty popular over there. I see, like, you get easily got over 100 at Riverhead and you're getting over 100 at um, the Crazy K's one as well. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, so Crazy's actually is up to 200. Um, um, so that's next month in July. Uh, we got 160 starters um, at the Riverhead one. Um, and we can't, we probably can't have too much more than that, um, just for the space for the tent sites. Um, but yeah, crazy is they've got a, a heap of space to set up the tent sites and their course is nice and open. So, mm. um, yeah, it's pretty good each, each time that, um, around the country that they have it, um, it grows each time. And then there's a new one starting, um, another South Island one, um, uh, in Timaru. And then we're looking at a Wellington one at the end of the year as well. So oh, cool. that would be, um, yeah, that would probably be as many as New Zealand could handle, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because that would bring it up to five overall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two in the north, two in the north, and three in the south. Yeah, yeah. And are you involved in all five of those? Uh, so I have a sort of um, answer questions about the how and what happens and things um, to help help them get set up. They're all run by different people. Oh. And then I've, um, I've got a timing, electronic timing system that I use for our events. Um, and it's all set up for backyards with the cool leaderboards and stuff. So I, I've, um, I do a nice cheap rate to go and time these other backyards so that they've got that same sort of... It adds a lot having a good um, live leaderboard results um so that people that aren't there can watch and, and join them it really adds to the atmosphere both at the event for the runners but also um for the family and that back at home yeah well it makes it a lot easier to follow especially like um like suffolk suffolk backyard ultra that was just on that it was so easy to follow with their live um <laughs> their live timing online yeah yeah and and each time as I'm sitting around waiting for them while they're doing their lap, um, we're making little, I make little tweaks to the reports and that. So, um, for the, um, the last one that I timed down in Dunedin, um, I, I asked, well, I've got all the results of the backyards in New Zealand. So I put in a, a personal best column, um, in the leaderboard so you can see, you know, how they're tracking against what their best number of loops is. And then a, a sort of a most improved column as well. Um, 
and then for the commentary team we sort of have some cool colors come up when it's their their um, slowest lap it's a, a black shading and if they've just done a hot lap um then that shades it in red with orange so it's like flames and um, wow. so the commentators emceeing can sort of shout it out and um, yeah. tell everyone that that person's just done a hot lap yeah that's a good idea yeah cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um so it's not long till the masters like i think it's nine days Yes, it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to have been nine days for ages now. <laughs> Patiently waiting. Um, and it's going to be actually the first Backyard Ultra you've done in a while. Is that right? Yeah, so I did the that first one that we did at Riverhead, um, and first one in New Zealand. And then the um, team World Champs, the very first Satellite World Champs, I was in that team as well. Yeah. Um, so that was that was October 2020, and then haven't done anything since then because I've either been organising or timing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see how far I can go. And both of those, um, the Achilles um, gave me grief, so it sort of ended at 27 laps of both of them um, due to the same thing. And the Achilles issues were mainly sort of background hanging hanging around injury. Well, it wasn't even an injury. Like I didn't know it was there until um, the backyards. But that's a result of those that round Auckland mission I did, and then um, the year before that I did uh, all the volcanoes in Auckland run, which ended up being a whole heap of roads as well. So, right. Um, so is that an Achilles? Did that blow up um, any other times, or just the times when you've done backyard ultras? Uh so as oh, you would have seen in the video after round Auckland that that, that kicked off big time, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that was where I learned how to um, handle some pain. Yeah, um, there's, there's a bit in the video where I get up out of a sort of a rest spot and hobble away um, with everybody looking a bit down in the dumps because um, it was looking a bit dicey to to keep going. Mm. Um, and it sort of took a couple of k's to warm up, and then and then it would be alright again. Um, that um, I just sort of breathed through it and distracted myself um, with some counting and that, and um, it sort of disappeared. So for the last uh, 50k, um, it, it wasn't painful to run on. Mm. Um, so I don't know, my brain like put it aside and said, well, it's, you're still running. <laughs> you're not going to stop me running. Um, and, you know, it was still swollen and sort of touched, like, when we were changing socks and that, but for running, that, that didn't seem to um, hurt. Did you? It's pretty cool experience to go through. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to have surgery afterwards or anything like that? Uh, no, I had a, a big time off, and um, uh, with some um, orthotics for a while. I've got, um, yeah, it's a road running that shows my imperfections. So I've got a leg that's slightly shorter than the other. Mm. Um, and because of being on the road and the same footfall every step, it sort of creates um, tweaks in the rest of the body. Right, I see. Um, so since then, it's been, you know, trails and, and mountainous stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the sound of um, the course at Dead Cow Gully would um, sound attractive to you then, given it's mainly on 
dirt track and uh, trails and things like that? Uh, yeah, and um, apart from the night loop, which she's got us on Gravel Road and, and, and Sealed Road, um, so for the last wee bit, I've, um, I've been doing a lot more training on, on that sort of surface. Yeah. and um, renewed my orthotics to adjust for the, um, the leg length um, and got some, you know, proper, you know, lush shoes <laughs> for the road section. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, like, um, uh, save the body as much as possible from that that road stuff that doesn't like that much. Mm. So, yeah, sort of been training with that in mind and a lot flatter as well. I've stayed off the hills and... Um, done a it's been quite fun doing some speed work to get some economy in that in my legs rather than the slow ultra shuffle that i'm i'm really good at yeah do um so since this is your first backyard ultra since well i guess in about three years are you going to be going in using any new tactics or strategies uh no i don't think so um i'm just going to run my own laps um Early on, I might try um, uh, a slow lap. Yeah. Um, you know, walk around as much of the lap as possible just so I know that it can be done. Most most laps, you can do that. And I imagine this one being so flat and, and smooth, um, you'll be able to walk most of the lap and still get around in time. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good at power walking um, through the ultras. Um, but, yeah, then settle into sort of a nice time for me and um yeah nothing too special or different um keeping up the fueling um so that um yeah just staying on top of all of those basics um so that the body's getting everything it needs yeah and then uh waiting for the fun times with the you know the mind stuff yeah yeah is that something that um <laughs> you, you experience um like um hallucinations and stuff like that oh uh, yeah um uh yeah and a lot of the, a lot of the long stuff um i get some pretty pretty good hallucinations um the the best was uh when i did new zealand's equivalent to the barclay marathons um which is i uh, ended up being 58 hours um running through you know off off trail and navigating um, for four loops um, down in the um, South Island um, in Tussock Land, so it's pretty tough going. And uh, I, I held off on my sleep a bit too long um, and started seeing some pretty weird things, um, like dried grass, like little um, strands of dried grass that at first sort of appeared to be in shapes just on the ground on the track I was running along. Yeah. Um, and then the shapes got more and more intricate until um, at the top of the hill um, they were actually like massive scenes that were like of a, a village or something made out of this grass. And I was imagining that the bugs were making these these um, these scenes and, um, and then we're in this big valley, like a river, um, which is like boulder hopping and you're having to climb up waterfalls and, and that sort of thing. And saw a, um, a cow towing a, an old retro white caravan down the over these boulders with a, a guy on top whipping the cow to make it come down towards me. 
Yeah. And I saw it. For, <laughs> I got here and then I saw it come around the corner. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you blink a couple of times and it's gone. But it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you get some, I get some good hallucinations. Yeah. Um, and that, that raises the revenant. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. I was reading a little bit so, of um, yeah, you're not even allowed to wear a watch in that race. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's sort of a Barclays um, race, but there's some differences. Um, one is, yeah, you're not allowed a, a watch. Um, and the other is it's all totally self-supported. Um, so you're allowed a bag, one sort of roll bag of, of gear. And during the loop, you have to help yourself to all of the food and and getting changed and all of that so you know your family are there watching but they can't actually do anything <laughs> yeah and it's quite awkward the first year because um the organizers said they couldn't do anything so they were just literally standing there staring at you like not talking because they were scared of like getting us disqualified because the organizers said you know you can't remind them oh don't forget your head torch or don't forget your map that's down on the ground there so they said nothing and then after, after the first loop, um, the organiser said, oh, no, you can go and, like, cheer them on and cuddle them and stuff. You just can't <laughs> help them. So. Um, and from what I understand, like, there's two loops in each loop. How, how, long is it, have, how long have you got to complete each loop? Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's one loop. Um, and like that, please, you do it one way and then you alternate direction every second loop. Yeah. Um, and you've got 30 hours to do two loops, um, and then that's 15 hours for the next, for each of the next two loops. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, a, it's in groups 15, but they don't put 15 on the first, as the first cutoff, because being the first loop, you'll be a bit slower, but you'll catch it up with a faster second loop, because you know the area by then. Yeah. And is it is it true that, like, half the people start their loop one way and the other half go the other way uh yeah that's what happened this year as a <laughs> as a new and as a new uh twist in the event um in the past years because this was the fifth year so um the four previous years everybody just did the same course um going the same way but this year um there's a few more people because the uh, internationals are allowed back into new zealand right, yeah. um and yeah, you decide to spice it up by splitting the field, and you find out about it on the start line, um, splitting the field into two and sending half one way and half the other way. Yeah. And how many times have you completed the Revenant? Uh, so I've completed it once. I'm, I'm one of the four that's completed it um, yeah. out of the five years it's been running. Right. Um, but I, I did it the first year and did one in sort of three quarters of loops one and a half loops um, and then came back the second year with a totally different um, perspective and um, mental game um, and completed that year and then I had a couple of years off and um, this year um, the guys had promised to make a big change to the course um, and so that sort of enticed me back because it wouldn't be the same old loops that I'd, I'd done the previous two times. Mm. And does the distance vary much between the years?
Uh, yeah, not really. It's pretty much the same. It, it, it just tweaks a couple of the, you know, some of the checkpoints um, a little bit each way. But in general, it's pretty much the same distance. Yes. Um, so it should work out to be about 200 k's or 190 k's and about 4,000 k's a loop. So 11 or 12,000 um, meters vert. Yeah, yeah, cool. The um... uh, it's pretty pretty tough terrain and and really warm usually. Um, so you'll get like at uh, mid mid thirties, which is hot for us. Um, yeah. and then really really cold in the evenings. Yeah, I'm surprised because I would have thought it would have. It, I just assumed because it was like up high, it would have been cold the whole time. Yeah, that that's not not too high there. Um, but you're really exposed. Like there's. You're just in tussock land for most of it. There's a couple of little patches of um, native um, forest, but the rest of it's yeah, really exposed. Yeah. Um, so um, you've obviously been to a lot of races and seen a lot of runners. Um, at the moment, um, Sam Harvey's like dominating the backyard ultras over there in New Zealand. So you've seen a lot of runners. What, what do you think it is that makes Sam so good? Uh, I think it's his mental game. Um, you know, physically he's he's got the the skills, and there's probably lots of other people as well that have got the same sort of physical skills and prowess um, that he has. Um, but he he's just got the attitude and um, and the mental game for when it starts to get a bit tough. Um, you know, you're into the the um the second or coming up to the second night and and others are thinking different things than he is he's just thinking about the next loop and and going keeping on going yeah they're thinking about how much it hurts or thinking about a milestone coming up or something yeah and there's seven new zealanders coming over for the masters right yeah that's right yeah, yeah. can you um Tell me a bit about each one of them. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so Sam, you know Sam, he's been on the show. Yeah. Um, so we don't need to talk about him. <laughs> uh, we've got um, uh, Adam King. Yeah. Um, so he was in the original um, Riverhead one with me. Um, so he he was the assist in the inaugural event um, to Katie. Um and then the next year at the satellite um, team champs, he was he went the furthest there, so he won that one. Um, and he was a bit gutted, so he won the golden ticket there to go to Bigs, but then COVID kicked in, so he didn't get a chance to do it. Um, so he'll be super fired up to qualify um, at the Masters to go this year. Yeah, I follow him on um, Strava, actually, and he's been, like, been training like a monster. He, he did over about he did about two hundred and forty k's a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a big week. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's 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 pretty fired up to to go yeah. well. Yeah, um, and yeah. I guess for like all of the Kiwis, it's a chance for us or to know that there's people there that have gone longer. Yeah, um, then. Than the Kiwis and longer than Sam, so um, there's that motivation. I guess the rabbits are up in the front there that we can 
keep know that we can keep going round and round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, we've got the all of Australia's best are going to be there. We've got Phil Gore, Ryan Crawford are both going to be there, and then a, a whole heap of other good guys. But um, Harvey Lewis is going to be there. So, I mean, late last year, I I made a prediction. One of my predictions for this year is that 100, 100 yards would be completed at the Masters, and Sam's making no secret that he's going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see um, when it comes down to it, if if people do go that long. Um, uh, obviously, there's that motivation to be the last person standing, but then knowing that there's um, the bigs and you know whatever it is four five months or something that's not that far away yeah um, so whether doing two two big ones in a year is is a good idea or not mm. well the by the, look, by the look of things you're going to need to if someone wants if you want to qualify for bigs you're probably going to have to go above 60 yards so i think a lot of people there will be gunning for that so there'll yeah. be a lot of people still going at around the 50-hour mark, I reckon. Yeah, and I, I think um, people will be aiming a bit higher than the 60. It seems to be that every weekend there's a there's another couple that push push people down out of the at-large yeah. list. Um, yeah. I had another look today after the Suffolk, and there's a, there's a little pile of Aussies that have been kicked out over the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate unfortunate but um, motivating for them as well maybe yeah the um yeah that's it the um so we've got adam we've got who else we've we got we've got uh, fiona is coming yeah over. fiona hayvice so she's um uh she's been in oh she's done a heap of backyards as well probably as many as sam um and has been in the um the satellite world champs team for new zealand both years Mm. Um, and she gets better and better each time. Um, she did uh, Riverhead um, with her son for most of the time um, this time, and I don't think she really stretched out. Um, she kept going once he'd, he'd stopped, um, but I don't think she really stretched out as much as she wanted um, so that she could be with the family. Um, but, yeah, I think she'll be looking to get a nice uh, pull from everybody to to go longer than she has before yeah yeah i got the impression that she um may have um stopped a bit early at riverhead just to save herself for the masters as well actually yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah she's got a lot of experience i think she's run at a bad water as well hasn't she uh she ran at uh western states ah that's the one yeah 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 and did, did really well um i can't remember the placing but it was top 10 yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, she's she's done a lot, and she's done um, Tauera, um multiple times. Yeah, and done done well. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, who else we got? Um, got a mind blank. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got Helen. I'm just looking at the team members' names. Uh, so Helen um, Waterworth, um, and she's done a couple of backyards, uh, and she's done the Revenant as well, um, does lots of sort of, yeah, 
off-road ventures in the in the mountains. Um, yeah. And she's looking to score a good total. She's been a bit disappointed in the two that she'd done, um, having to stop for various reasons, but um, knows that she can go further based on sort of what ultra running she's done. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then we've got Angus Ward. He, um, he's done a couple of backyards um, and was the reserve for the New Zealand team in October at the satellite. Um, yeah. I think he'd, he'd done like 24 or something um, before that. Um, and then John John Bain um, is the last one, and he's done quite a few as well. And... Um, he scores very highly in the Christchurch one last year, um, and the Dunedin one as well. So, yeah, there's. I think all of the team are there to prove something to themselves um, as to how far they can go, um, and have the the legs to do it. And so, yeah, that's why we're excited to come and and race with the top field, um, yeah. and see how far we can go. Yeah, sure. And and, uh, and a lot of them uh, came to qualify for bigs as well. Um, yeah. So there's that motivation to yeah. get, a, get the team or, uh, more than just Sam going to Tennessee. Yeah. And you're gunning for that too, right? You're... Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I emailed Les today on something else, but said that I was um, that it was coming up and he sent back some tips. <laughs> some backyard tips. Yeah. Um, and I said I'd see him in October. Yeah. <laughs> the um and you're coming over with Sam, yeah, like um flying in on the Friday morning. Yeah, that's right. Um and then um um we'll drive across after a bit of a shop and Brisbane and, yeah. and yeah, come and sit up. Will, will and then, you... uh, I've got I've got my wife coming as a support crew, but she couldn't get Friday off, so right. she's coming in um, late Friday. Yeah. And then has to fly out um, uh, midday Monday. So after that, hopefully there'll be some some other people around to help crew. Yeah, we have got a we've had a couple of um, volunteers to crew for the New Zealand team, um, which Tim's organised for us. Um, one of them is a Kiwi, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Amy, and then um, and then there's been a, a person roped in as well, but we're going to dress them up like a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, you can bring one of those. Have you got those T-shirts ready? The one with the laser kiwi. Um, yes, they're they're getting printed at the moment. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they'll be ready in time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So what? I mean, we've kind of touched on it already, but like, um, what kind of numbers do you think we'll see at the masters? Like, are you expect? I, I mean, personally, I re I reckon we'll probably see a hundred. Uh, do you? Uh, personally, I think I'd be surprised if we get if it gets to a hundred, just because of what I said before about people not necessarily busting the gap, um, so close to the the big game. Mm. Um, but then you know, saying that in the heat of the moment, there's two people going at it, um, one not wanting to give up, and the other wanting to keep going. So it could eat, yeah, it could get there. Um. I think it's exciting to think that that's not really going to start until we get to like 50 or 60 laps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like, it's quite a big warm up. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. And how are you with sleep at Backyard Ultras? Like, um, 
are you the kind of guy who will easily fall asleep between loops? Uh, yeah, I haven't. Um, I say it's been a while since I've done one, but mm. I'm good at falling asleep for short power naps and the and the ultra running stuff. Um, um, much to the surprise of some of the support runners that I've been with at the time, where you know I say I need to, I'll get to a point where I say I need to stop and have a sleep, and I'll just lie down on the track and tell them to wake me up in five minutes, and um, and they're amazed at the energy that I, I wake up with and take off again yeah. um, from that, that little reviving power nap. Um, yeah, I'm reasonably good at doing that, so that's going to be my techniques. Um, not to leave it too late. Um, there's no no prize for going through the first night without sleep, yeah. so you might as well try and get some sleeps during the first night, even though you might not feel like it. Mm. Um, that's all going to help for further down the track. And you actually um, do feel a big amount of um, difference after like a small power and after you, you actually wake up feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. When I've done it during the big um, adventure like mission, um, you wake up and you're so revitalised just from that five or ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. The um... that's quite a and the and the revenant that was one of the hardest things was um, because you don't have a watch. Um, you know, you stop for a power nap, but you've got no idea how you get if you're going to wake up in time or not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a tricky, tricky balancing thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd almost be too scared to have a sleep, I reckon. Yeah. So I, I'm stripped down to um, not many clothes, not much clothing, so that the um, the cold would wake me up. Right. That's my technique. Yeah. The um, so you've been at a lot of backyard ultras, either as a race director, timer, or runner. Um, so you would have seen a lot of people, a lot of good runners go around, and a lot of good performances. Well. And so from what you've observed, what do you think is most important to be able to go deep in a backyard ultra? Uh, yeah, obviously um, looking after the basics um, just has to happen. So, you know, food, hydration, foot care, um, you know, warmth and, and that sort of stuff just has to come naturally and it just sort of needs to tick over you need to keep doing it no matter how you don't feel like doing it especially eating and drinking people start to not want to do that but you just have to keep keeping those things happening so keeping those basics happening and then um on the mental game um having a having that strategy or plan worked out and just thinking about the next lap really so it's just you know we have on our kiwi tops, most of our kiwi tops we've got on the back, just one more lap each time. So when you're running behind somebody, that's what you're thinking about. But that's sort of how you have to think about it. It's not thinking about um, what it's going to be like in, in 20 laps when you get to 40 or 60 or whatever. Um, it's just thinking about the next lap and getting that done. We can all run 6.7Ks. Um, and it's just a matter of getting around the loop and then doing those basics when you're back home and starting again to do another loop. Mm. Uh, you mentioned food. What type of food do you like eating between loops? Uh, I like to eat as much normal food as I can, um, but um, stick to sort of normal meal times. Um, 
early on in backyarding or in people's backyarding careers, um, they get into the trap of eating too much. Um, you've got that luxury of coming back to a nice aid station every 6.7 Ks. And so you think you have to eat and drink lots because it's there. Yeah. But if you go for a long run, where it might be like 20 Ks or 30 Ks, you're not eating and stopping and eating and drinking every 6.7 Ks. So um, people get trapped and they get sore guts and from eating too much um, because of that that temptation so trying to stick to normal meal times for the bigger meals and, and sort of just snacks in between um and then keeping the liquids up um and i'd take a little soft flask around with me um so i'm not sort of gulping down lots of water while i'm sitting down yeah yeah cool um you mentioned the one more lap mindset from not just backyard ultras but like the revenant for example what when things and, and when you ran around auckland as well when things get hard and, and your body's really hurting what type of things or other things go through your mind to keep you going uh so i um i usually have a wee sort of contract with myself um and for the revenant the first time that I or the second time I did it, I actually wrote down this contract and I had it laminated and in, in my my um support bag that I'd see at the end of each week. And it's pretty much um, you know, you've done all this work, um you've put all this effort in and you've um, you know, taken away time from family and stuff. So, you know, you have to pretty much be dead before you, you stop going. Um so and so you've got that sort of appreciation type stuff. Um, and then there's the big, I have a, a why statement for why I'm doing it. Um, so that when it gets tough, you can look back, always draw back to that, to that statement. Um, and that should keep you going. And then, um, drawing on, uh, your past experiences, um, knowing that you've, you know, you've been through some hard stuff before and, uh, the the hard bits will come and go um multiple times during during the backyard um and you know that you come out the other end and and you're good for another while before you go through another dark patch i heard a good i can't remember which podcast it was but i heard uh, um someone comparing it to like clouds um coming and going so you have some big dark clouds and they don't just hang there over you over your house or your your neighborhood forever um they they come through on the breeze and then you have a nice sunny spot in between and then the, the you know the clouds come again so mm -hmm. that's sort of how um you should think of the experiences out there it's not going to be tough all of the time from when you first start to feel bad um and you're not going to die like you can your body's not going to let you <laughs> die from running too long as has been proven over and over again with some of these people. You know, seen some of the stories from the Suffolk one this weekend where they're falling asleep and on a park bench and getting picked up by the assist. <laughs> it's like, you know, your body's not going to let you kill yourself, so you just keep pushing through it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they designed, I wonder if they put that park bench in <laughs> was on purpose just to play with the runners' minds. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw in another race coverage. It wasn't a, um, I think it was a Kokodona 200, 250 coverage. There was a, a random deck chair 
<laughs> in the middle of the course. And I, I wondered who had put it, but as the runners went past, I said, I'm not going to sit in you. I'm not going to sit in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. all these temptations. Yeah. Um, so as far as race directing goes, um, do you have any advice for, like, someone who wants to get into race directing? Uh, oh. Uh, I think <laughs> you have to have the right motivation to do it, I think. Um, yeah. If you go into it thinking you're going to make a heap of money and that's going to be, um, you know, an easy easy effort with heaps of um, benefits and um, it's all going to go smoothly, then you're in for a road shock. <laughs> um, most of it is a, a donor as sort of a side gig um, for the love of it. And um, for me personally, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with heaps of other event directors, we're doing it to offer um, people a chance to do what we love. Um, but in a, an environment, you know, they maybe wouldn't do it themselves, but we're giving them a chance in a structured environment, you know, with health and safety and first aid and course marking and, and that aid stations so that they can experience that, that those highs that we have when we're out adventuring by ourselves. Mm. Um, so that yeah, that's why I that's why I don't. I think that's the same sort of story for most event directors. And um, so if you've got that motivation, then um, yeah, kind of just make it work. Um, most of the, you, you're good puzzle solvers, and and um, and most event directors I say are reasonably easy going. Um, and so they come under pressure so that when things pop up you, you make a change or um, take an action and most of the time the participants wouldn't even know that you've just stuffed up something <laughs> um, or or missed something um, and that's the, yeah that's that's the whole idea of the, the experience for the participants is that they're having a good time and, and not knowing that it's a big mission to to organize yeah so you mentioned that you, you've been doing race directing for about 25 years i think was it what were you doing before that and was it a big transition like was it a big decision for you to like did you have to like was it a big career change or anything like that or did it just happen naturally uh just sort of happened naturally so the first ones i did um were as a the um the world champs orienteering squad in new zealand used to organise each year an annual fundraiser um, fun run and mountain bike in a, in a local forest. So we'd get like 500 to 1,000 people. And so the whoever was in the squad at the time would take turns at being the event director um, and they would sort of make the plan and, and then direct all the other, um, all the rest of the team to help out in whichever way. Um, and so that sort of kicked off the interest in it and then um, made the um, I joined a mate um, who was organising events and then sort of Lactic Turkey events was was created um, and sort of grew from there um, and then he moved away and sort of I took over. Uh, but it's, it's quite a balance because um, it's not, so I have a real job that pays the bills and, and feeds the family um, and so this is done in the you know the weekends and evenings and whatever spare time there is. Mm. So yeah, it's a it's a balance. Um, and sometimes there's too much, and you know, sort of think, oh, is that really worth it? Um, and then you know you think about 
or you, you see the people finishing the event and excited through the next one and then you know okay we'll, we'll keep going <laughs> yeah yeah the um so after the masters what what do you have planned? hopefully you you're able to qualify for big so that's the next big race for you after the masters but do you have anything else planned uh no not at the stage i'd like to do some i haven't done a big excite, um fun like wild mission for a while so there's a, a couple of those that i'd like to do um and they might be sort of training runs for the bigs um but then afterwards as well um uh i'll definitely have a um a, i'm a big fan of um big rests and recoveries after um after a big event um so i probably won't do a lot for a month or something mm. um just to let the body and the mind from all the, the hassle or the chore of training um recover so that you, you get that passion for getting out there again mm. um yeah a couple of big missions and then i haven't decided yet that maybe the um We've got a new um, ultra run starting the wild, um, which is in December. That's sort of a, a hard rock um, event, but based down in Queenstown or Arrowtown, Queenstown yeah. area. Do you have any other races in Australia that you've got in mind? Because I mean, it sounds like you like the the really hard adventure type kind of foot race kind of things, like down. <laughs> Like does down under one thirty five appeal to you or anything like that? Oh, sorry, you're on you're on mute. <laughs> I've been muting when I cough, so I haven't been. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that has been one that I've seen um, the coverage for for the, you know for each year it comes up and they've been um, interested in it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many adventures to be had. I, I, my wife and I are keen to go and do some stuff, um, some fast packing down in Tasmania, um, from some stuff that we've seen and heard from friends that have been down there. Um, yeah, there's heaps to do everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, and do you think you'll start running a few more backyard ultras as well, or just keep them every net, or just spread them out over the next few years? Yeah, I think spread them out. Yeah. I I definitely couldn't do what Sam does. Um. He's a lot younger than I am, um, and yeah, I wouldn't be able to recover and uh, be ready again to do the next one, um, to do as many um, during the year probably as as he's been doing. Mm. What about? Do you think New Zealand could host a Masters style um, backyard ultra race in the future? Uh, I think. Uh, well, I was going to say our downfall is that we're at the, the bottom of the world. It's quite mm -hmm. a, a way for people to travel. Um, it'll be cool to see the feedback from the Aussie Masters um, as far as uh, you know how it plays out and then what people think, um, you know, hopefully like internationals thinking about it as a possibility of coming down this way and, and trying something different. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the people that have done the... the um, uh, the Germany Masters um, for a couple of years. Um, maybe you want a backyard course that's a bit different. Um, mm. And Tim's Tim's dead cow one. Um, as far as the terrain and the the vert and that, or the lack of vert, is probably a good one for people to to go long in. 
so that that could I could see that attracting some more internationals once it gets out that there's a another masters down this way. Yeah. I know um you know the the way that the backyard movement's growing um I think people are still happy doing backyards in their area um you know just as I guess when marathon started people did it in their own area and and now you have people traveling to these you know the the Bostons and the New Yorks and and those sorts of things you can imagine backyard when it's matured you know a lot faster than marathon probably um uh, you know, in a couple of years that people would start to travel for some of those bigger Masters events. That'd be a pretty cool thing to imagine. Yeah. And even, um, even I think it's the perfect thing to do if, you, if you're traveling anyway, because it's a great way to meet people because they're such great events to be able to socialize at as well. Yeah. I mean, you can come in as a, um, a tourist and speak to locals, like a different local every hour. Yeah. Um, and you get to see an amazing 6.7 k's of the country. Yeah, and and know that 6.7 k's of the country really well. There's, <laughs> there's, there's some of the um, South Islanders that came up for Riverhead. Um, that it was their um, first time to the North Island. Oh, actually, it was a, um, a guy called Ian who'd um, arrived in New Zealand from the UK. Um, and he'd sort of headed down to Wanaka, Queenstown here, and that's where he'd set up. So his first trip to the North Island was for the Riverhead backyard, and he saw the 6.7k quite intensively, and then trotted back down to the South Island not to really see the rest of <laughs> Auckland and the rest of North Island. It's quite funny. Uh, what do you like most about backyard ultras? Um, as a... As a organizer of one, what I really like is that um, so often people turn up with um, expecting to do a couple of loops or um, you know doing their their PB of distance, and then because of the format and the encouragement and and their grit and determination, they end up doing a PB of some crazy amount, doubling their previous best. Um, I mean, at like Riverhead this year, the the assist, um, Caleb, he doubled his furthest distance that he'd run and ended up being the assist in his first backyard ever. And <laughs> he said in the end, that's sort of why he stopped because he like, couldn't believe that he was, <laughs> he'd got to this stage and it was his like, longest his run, but also his first backyard and he was like running together with this other guy that was like really a professional at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just all of those stories. It's it's super cool that people can test themselves using this format to go further than they've, they've been before. It must have been pretty cool having Laz at Riverhead recently as well. Yeah, it's really cool, and uh, um, it's great to meet him. I'm a big fan of the Barclays as well as the Bigs, and just you know chatting about those those two events and all the other events. I was amazed at how many other events he does. Like, um, he's nearly pretty much full time, although he's retired. Like, there's a lot of other events. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he's just so, you know, he sort of set himself up under this little um, marquee that I'd set up for him and sat in this chair. And then people kind of, New Zealand is quite shy when it comes to um, celebrities and quote marks. <laughs> um, so we're not too in your face like some other nations. And, and so you could see people like slowly sneaking up and, and then 
introduce themselves and then he'd just be happily he'd just sat there and talked the whole time to people yeah. um yeah it's really cool yeah and then the the biggest um buzz was uh when he got back from doing a little travel afterwards so um our sponsor volkswagen arranged a camper van for him right um, and they're very hesitant when we when i said that we'd got this camper van for them um they didn't want to drive on the wrong side of the road and our roads are pretty pretty gnarly yeah. um but they slowly warmed into it and then after they did uh eight days after the the backyard um traveling around um sort of the upper north island and came back and they were just like you know raving about it yeah. it's like a two different people would come back from when they left really yeah um, and les um was keen to meet some new zealand hillbillies and he succeeded in his mission finding <laughs> some some um some farmers and little stubby shorts and <laughs> and great hillbilly attitudes he, he loved it <laughs> i um i love the poems he writes when he's at the races as well yeah yeah <laughs> um he didn't do too much of that at our events but i think he was a bit um slammed from the travel mm. um they they had a delay internally in the states which meant um they were a day later than planned to be and also um he gets um bad circulation so i'd booked um seats with extra legroom but because of the delay the his new flight didn't have that mm. so he was like crammed in in um, cattle class um between um two ladies and in pain pretty much the whole time so mm. i think it it took quite a bit about him so he didn't do too much posting during the event hour um compared to what i've seen the last last couple of weeks um but yeah he, he enjoyed it he i think he loves each one that he goes to because there's a different story that develops each time yeah yeah you could tell he was impressed with sam harvey just mm. yeah okay i can't believe he did that with broken ribs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't that vocal about it like i bet a lot of people didn't know about it the runners might have but none of the not many other people knew about it at the time yeah yeah it's amazing the um yeah well look um thanks for heaps for coming on sean it's been a really good let's go and um yeah i'm really looking forward to meeting you in person at the masters as well it's going to be an or I, I just cannot wait it's going to be awesome yeah and um have you you're driving up or something are you yeah so i'm leaving in a week me and my girlfriend we're leaving on wednesday morning it's a pretty long drive like because i live in melbourne so it's yeah. about drive eight k's oh sorry eight hours the first day eight hours on thursday and then we'll get there early afternoon on the friday so yeah i think i'll just drive just because i've got a tent and marquee and everything like that so i'll bring it up yeah, yeah cool and have you um what's your plan your master plan well oh look i, I want to go as far as i can possibly go like um i learned a lot from the last one i did in early feb which where i went for 26 hours so i'm going to be i've adjusted i've adjusted my like eating plan like my nutrition plan a little bit yeah also, yeah. also the mental side of the of the races is where I'm going to have to, I know that's where 
it it's the hardest for me to push through the mental side of things when it gets hard. So I've been watching, I don't know if it will work, but I've been watching heaps of motivation <laughs> on YouTube yeah. and stuff. <laughs> um, and it's great you get to speak to everybody on the podcast and take down notes each time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think if I didn't do this podcast, I don't think I would have done 26 hours um, in the last one I did. There's no way. I don't. There's no way I would have had a nutrition plan or anything like that if it wasn't for this podcast. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've learned a lot from it. So, and that's yeah, I've picked, up, I've picked up a couple of things um, that I'm going to put into use. Um, one of your guests was talking about having the um, the in and out box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Rob, the gear. Yeah, Rob Parsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a good thing that I'm going to make sure I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to – I was actually – that's something I'm going to bring in at the Masters as well. I'm going to have a charging box. Anything that needs to be charged, I'm going to put it yeah, in the yep. box. And once it's charged, it's going to go in my inbox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I've got a, everything planned out on a spreadsheet um, for my crew so they'll know what time I need my headlamp. They'll know what time to bring out my the reflecto top everything but yeah look i i really want to make it through two nights um yeah cool i don't want to drive up that whole way and just (laughs) (laughs) you've got to you've got to be running for longer than the number of days it takes you to get there surely yeah 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 so um yeah i'm so excited and i'm also excited because it's um it's a flat course as well so the one where i did 26 hours it's a very hilly course with a yep. lot of elevation and it's also all, all mainly asphalt as well so it's all hard real hard surface and my knees were really my joints in my knee were really sore towards the end so i'm hoping i won't have that problem as early in this one just because of the softer surface yeah um yeah we'll see how we go but yeah look i'm i'm really I've been waking up at night time like worried, <laughs> like I've slept through the bell and I'm yeah. to start. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I did a little I did a little test run um uh maybe six weeks ago. Um I just did fifteen laps of a little course that I set out. Oh, yeah. Um and I had a watch going uh, a whistle going on my phone. Yeah. Um to to get used to getting up out of the seat when I hear the whistle. Yeah. Um yeah, there's a couple of times here after I'd finished it, I thought I'd, you know, I'd look around thinking I'd hear the whistle. <laughs> uh, f- 15 hours, that's a pretty decent practice run. Uh, yeah, I figured I hadn't done a backyard for a while and I did it on like pretty much dead flat and quite hard surface of like hard gravel trail, uh, hard gravel road and, and seal um, and started at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I went through the night just to. Um, yes, yeah, suss, suss a few things out and mm, just make sure I could at least do 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you would have practiced, kind of, you practiced your nutrition and everything like that, did you? Was yeah, that? yeah. And I did a, I did um, experiment with walking and, you know, it's finding it really hard to go on that flat terrain to go slow enough. <laughs> but yeah. I walked most of the lap and, you know, you're still sort of doing 51 or 52 minutes. Um, and um yeah just realizing how slow you have to go if you want to 
do those later yeah you know, the sort of 50 minutes um and then did a, a hot lap which is a, a treat <laughs> it's a, um it's a it's comforting doing a really slow lap but getting in in like 52 like as a practice lap at home like doing a really slow lap and doing it in 52 minutes and realizing how easy it is to actually make that time yeah definitely and that's why i said that's one of the things i want to do reasonably early on when we start um uh the masters is as make sure i force myself to do a slow loop yeah just to know sort of you got that at least sleeve, you know what it feels like and how um how slow you can go yeah um, later on when you need to yeah you, know, you might have a little niggle or something can and know that you can even with that niggle walk around the loop and and get in in time mm. and um if you get there early enough um if you get there before dark you'll be able to do a uh you'll be able to suss out the a loop like the course itself. yeah oh, so that yeah. Be, i'm looking forward yeah. to doing that yeah looking forward to seeing the, the gully yeah 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 me too it's a, well from what i've the videos i've seen of it, it looks awesome in there yeah 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 looks really cool looks like yeah. a nice little um break up of the rest of the loop yeah have you been to australia much before uh yeah quite a bit for orienteering um when i was younger and then um uta yeah um, uh maybe five years ago or something yeah yeah what about queensland uh you've been to um uh for the family the family went to hamilton island and oh. um yeah a little bit around um yeah gold coast we've done yeah. the trip once a year so yeah but so uh, yeah i look forward to actually heading inland and um you know the the whole um big farm like that is pretty yeah. pretty cool i'm from a farming background in new zealand but it's like a hill country farm and you know compared to what tim's been showing it yeah yeah, it's well, just like the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even though I've um, I'm I'm in Australia, like the tr I'm looking forward to driving up as well because I'll be seeing places I've never, like the whole way there, I'll be driving through towns I've never been to before. So I'm looking forward. Yeah. To as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to work out how I stick my a big crocodile Dundee um, knife through to this <laughs> time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I had to ask him. I had to ask him his size um, the other day. So I said that I was bringing him some um, some New Zealand um, lamb wool um, g string for him. So he can't he can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, the um, of the seven runners who are coming over from New Zealand, do you know if any of them haven't been to Australia before, or you're not? Uh, no, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool if it's your first time. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, um, yeah, I can't wait, Sean. It's going to be great meeting you and running with you. Um, I guess I'll uh, all the best between now and then, <laughs> and all the best at the Masters as well. Yeah, definitely. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah I'll, I'll see you in nine days. Yeah. We'll, we'll have less to talk about on our first social lap. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've covered it all. Yeah, we'll talk about other stuff. Yeah, we'll just have to be like um, Sam and uh, that guy. Sam was doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did like six laps. Yeah, and they didn't say a word. 
Dave and Chris, that was an amazing, that was probably the first one where it's like the tension was just amazing between them. Yeah. Come in and like each of them had a pit crew and a support crew, but very silent and sort of 10, 10 or 15 metres apart, but looking at each other wow. across the way. And yeah, it was crazy. Right. So, so just you being there, what you could, you could feel it. Yeah. 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 The whole crowd, the, the people that were left, um, yeah, you get really bored into yeah. into those uh, those battles at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, I'll be um, I'll still be in there around that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your longest you've run so far? Well, my, the longest is the twenty six I did earlier this year. So it was um, um, there was I started the twenty seventh yard and there was just the three of us who went out on that yard and it was just too i thought i was, I was too pleased with with that result i thought that yeah. was i thought that was good enough um and the pain wasn't worth any more so yeah we I, i'm kind of thinking with more people around me there'll be i won't be i won't have that i won't want to be one of the first ones to drop out so I think that will spur me on as well. Yeah. And also yes. one of the things um, Rob Parsons, when I had the, did the podcast with Rob Parsons as well, he was telling me how he actually um, singled out one of the other runners in the race and just he just made a, a pact to himself that he wouldn't drop out before that other runner. So I'm, I might even do something like that. I won't, I won't let anyone know who the runner is, but I'll probably – pick someone out just to give me something to compete against as well, something like that. Yes, and put a target on my back. <laughs> but it's got it's a little bit like me. Like um, you know, I've seen Sam win all these races and no one's been up to the up to the task. Yeah. Um it'll be great to um be keeping on running past his record and then still be running together. Yeah. Chasing yeah. chasing them on. Yeah. Like the old fella and the young fella. <laughs> because you're you haven't raced in a race with him yet, have you? No, no. No, that would be good. Yeah, really. Yeah. Good. Oh. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks oh. again, Sean. Um, I'll um I'll speak to you in a few days. Yeah, awesome. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah. All right. See you. Okay. Cheers. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.